This is the Green Style Podcast. I'm Nicola Chollis, and this is the story of two Aussie girls, one being myself, me, Lucy Roth, as well as our mate from New Zealand. Kia ora, I'm Mahafir. We speak with brands presenting an alternative to the status quo. These brands offer an in-depth look behind the scenes. We look at what makes these brands a better choice for a more sustainable future. We find out the who, what, where and why so you can make ethical decisions. We love fashion, but we also love our planet. Join us every episode for the Green Style podcast. You can also find us on Instagram. You can follow us at Green Style with the double L. The extra L is because we're students on a budget. So DM us with ideas, questions, and we love a good chat around here. And we want you to be a part of it. We hope you enjoy this episode of the Green Style podcast. Kia ora, everyone. Today on Green Style, you're going to be joining me, Maha and Stacey, who is the founder and business owner of New Zealand surfboard bag business, Billy Bags. Now, this is a new business that's just been started up in the last few months. So it's really awesome to have Stacey on board with Green Style and telling us all about her new business. Billy Bags basically just creates these really groovy looking surfboard board bags out of old materials and old coffee bags that have been used and I really hope you enjoy this episode I had such a great time talking to Stacey so let's get into it thank you so much for joining us oh my goodness (laughs) how exciting yeah nice to meet you well I'm Maha yeah (laughs) virtually it still counts um but yeah I'm Maha um I'm one of the hosts for Green Style it's just a podcast that um my friends from Australia and I decided to make during lockdown last year because we thought that a lot of small businesses were kind of struggling during that time so we thought to ourselves may as well try and create something where people can learn more about these small sustainable businesses and hopefully be able to engage with them a lot more and yeah it's just something that we really enjoy doing for fun and we really like talking to people like the founders and business owners and why they created what they created yeah, um, yeah but you know, it's just how it is. And now we're in lockdown <laughs> all over the world again. Yes. Yeah. It's, um, I've listened to a few of your podcasts um, and I think it's so great what you girls are doing. You're still so young and um, talking to all these inspiring people. And yeah, I think that you are raising awareness and um, yeah, your podcast is super interesting. So I think you guys should be proud. <laughs> Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. No, it's really exciting. And um, I heard of Billy Bags through the Mount Surf Festival yeah. page. Yeah. And I saw what you guys were doing and I thought it was really, really awesome. Everything that you guys have been putting into to create these sustainable surfboard bags. And I just thought we need them on the podcast. <laughs> like this is a perfect brand. And I've just been um, getting into surfing myself recently as well. Yeah, cool. So, I thought to myself, like, it'd be really awesome. I'm sure there's other people out there as well who are just uh, starting surfing now and they'll probably want to know, like, where can they get a sustainable surfboard bag? Where mm-hmm. can they get a sustainable surfboard and so on? Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of why we want to get some more surf brands on board with Green Style and see yeah. how it could really expand from there. But how's it all going in Tauranga at the moment? Is it like kind of is it a bit frantic because of level two, or is it pretty chill still? Um, well, it's pouring down with rain today, so everything's a bit gloomy. Um, 
And yeah, I haven't actually been out this morning since the um, announcement yesterday, but I think there's just a few events and a few things that were planned that people were kind of like, oh, I was meant to go up to Auckland for this and I don't know, just rescheduling things. But um, from my home, everything seems pretty all right. <laughs> Where yeah. are you at the moment? Well, I just moved to Auckland. Oh, right. <laughs> literally, oh, yes. literally, literally yeah. Saturday, I moved up to Auckland <laughs> and it's like the first day I'm here that it's like, oh yeah, back in <laughs> lockdown. <laughs> yeah. yeah, hopefully, hopefully we don't get any more cases, but who really knows, eh? Yeah, it's meant to be that UK variant, but um, mm. surely, surely we'll be okay. They seem to have caught it early and yeah. put us in lockdown pretty early. Yeah. So here's hoping, but um, I think we should get down to business okay. and just begin talking about Billy Bags. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think maybe my first question is pretty much, you know, how did the idea of Billy Bags come about? What is it all about? I'd really love to know. Yeah, cool. Um, well, the idea of Billy Bags um, kind of grew organically and it wasn't supposed to be what it is now, but it's cool and I'm really thankful for where, where we are. But um, yeah, I just wanted to, I found this material actually from the start. I found this material in the op shop in Whangamata, um and I wasn't sure what to do with it. It was this, a beautiful sunflower material that was actually an old uh, duvet cover. Um, I really liked it I bought it and then I took it home and then a couple of weeks later I was um, surfing on like a particularly hot day um, and I didn't have a board cover for my board at the time um, my wax melted and yeah so I started looking for board covers um, started doing some shopping online and I couldn't really find something that I wanted to spend my money on um, so the idea kind of came about I was wanting to be creative um one day and my mum is super yeah, she's a very she's a very good seamstress so I took the material to her and um within two hours we had made this cover for my board bag um and yeah it was super enjoyable I loved doing it with my mum and um I loved using my hands getting a little, more, a little bit more creative so I just posted it on my personal Instagram and yeah, I had quite a few people interested um, and started just making them for friends for free and then realized that actually maybe I could start selling these. Um, so yeah, we created a little, just a little Instagram um, called Billy Bags and yeah, it's just kind of grown naturally, which I think is great. And we, yeah, people are loving it and loving the feedback from people and yeah, it's cool to do, be doing something with my mum in a creative way. Yeah, and your your bags are so cool. I've just <laughs> been looking at the recent ones that you guys have been putting up and they, like not only is it this like sustainable board bag that you can get, but at the same time, they're just like the coolest looking board bags <laughs> as well. And I really want to get one myself at some point. Yeah. But um, has... Yeah. Like upcycling, is it something that you've always been into or is this something that you got into when Billy Bags came about and you're like, oh, there's an old duvet, may as well upcycle yeah. it. Um, or has your mom like influenced kind of your upcycling ways, yeah. I guess? <laughs> um, that's a good question. I would, I would love to say that I've always been into upcycling and reusing and all that jazz, but um, I haven't and I am um, very environmentally conscious but yeah and I guess upcycling hasn't really been a part of me until or like a big part of me you know um, 
until we started Billy Bags. And um, we just, once I started looking in the op shops for sheets and um, extra materials, I started noticing that like, well, there's actually heaps of unused old duvet sheets, um, quilts um, in op shops here. And like, I haven't even searched the whole of New Zealand op shops and I've just been to like around the Tauranga region and like what we've found is incredible. And um, yeah, clean out most of the shops that I go into with all the cool materials. But um, yeah, I guess once we realize that we don't have to buy new materials, it's cheaper to go and get the um, already used from op shops um, materials we decided to just stick to that um and yeah I guess my mum has always been into like crafts and reusing and making like little things here and there she's like super creative so I think she um was a massive influence when I first came to her of what materials we should use um but yeah I guess does that answer your question (laughs) yeah yeah no it definitely does and is Billy Bags like the main business that you currently own um, or do you kind of do other things on the side with it? Like how hard is it to run a business, I guess, is like yeah. <laughs> the question I have for you. Um, I started, yeah, uh, this Billy Bags is just kind of like a side thing. So that's that's the main reason why mum came on. She was just helping me make the bags because she's a super good sewer. Um, seamstress seamstress and um so she was just helping me and then I kind of got too busy with my other work that I do so she has now just been brought on to be the the main gal on the sewing machine which is great for her and for me but yeah I've got a few other things on the side that I do so I didn't really have too much time um to make a board bag that may maybe takes about two or three hours to make um yeah yeah Yeah. and do you think that there's been a lot of like support from your local community? Cause you're based in, is it in Tauranga? Is that? Yeah, I, I'm in the Mount, so Mount Wanganui, but yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Cool. Cool. So have you been feeling like there's a lot of local support around board bags? Cause I guess the Mount is like meant to be a hub for all these surfers. So yeah. are you seeing quite a few surfers want to try and like buy into these local board bags? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. We, um, I've used my board bag, for maybe like five months now or I don't even know maybe even four months and um like we were in Thonga the other weekend surfing and I just had quite a few people come up to me like oh where'd you get that that bag from it's pretty cool and then um you know you just tell them about it and they start following you and then you get like a little purchase and it's quite exciting but um yeah I feel like the local community around us is especially after COVID has been super supportive um with every small business that is trying to do something like a new initiative or start their own little thing like I don't know all of my friends are super supportive and people that I tell about it that I don't know yeah it's it's pretty cool to have that support and um yeah people wanting what you're creating really yeah and it's it's a really nice option to have as well because I don't know trying to find board bags online um obviously they're not going to be made really that sustainable they're not going to be from upcycled materials so it's quite like a unique initiative to have um, mm. running in New Zealand because then it gives Kiwis these opportunities to be able to buy a sustainable board bag so do you guys also ship internationally or is it just kind of nationalized yeah well moment? we haven't we haven't been running for too long I've had um just a few friends over in Australia ask for board bags and um 
we've been yeah we've been quite busy um so i haven't we've we've kind of stopped production for a little bit we've got a few markets coming up so um we're just holding off orders for another couple of weeks until those markets are over just to get like enough stock for the markets. But um, I think once that's all over and we actually sit down and, and get a system running, um, I would love to ship to Australia um, and overseas, but yeah, we haven't, we haven't yet. Yes, well, that's good to know because mm. half of like our <laughs> listeners are Australian, so they can buy. Yeah. It's good that they can buy into it. So that's really yeah. cool. Yeah. And just a random question that popped up in my head, but um, <laughs> since you have to go op shopping quite a bit um, to get the things that you need to make these yeah. boar bags, what's like the most interesting thing that you found in the op shop so far? If there's anything that pops out at you, um, well, I don't, I. Actually, just yesterday, it wasn't even an op shop. I don't know if I was allowed to do it, but um, there was like this beautiful quilt on the side of the road. And you know when people just like, in New Zealand, a lot of the time people just put their something on the road that they don't want, like, and it has a little sign saying for free. This didn't have a sign saying for free, but it looked like someone had chucked it there, maybe waiting for someone to pick it up or someone has lost it and but yeah I, I picked that up and it's like a beautiful yellow quilt but we've put it on one of the Facebook pages and if someone says I'm missing that then I'll give it back but um in terms of op shops there's just like super random cool um, materials that were used for um, duvet covers and you like you wouldn't use it for a duvet cover now or like a quilt on your bed now but then you turn it into this and it's like well that actually looks super super rad but yeah just just nice materials nothing nothing random was that your question nothing yeah random. yeah well it's it's yeah. awesome that you just kind of saw something on the side of the road and just like hey you know this is probably going to be left here for a while may as well just take it and create it into a board bag because that's such a good way to use that material and create it into something else yeah. and I've done a bit of upcycling in the past but my sewing skills I need a bit of improvement. <laughs> I unfortunately don't have a mum that can sew really well. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's kind of like, I guess as long as you put your mind to it and it's practice as well. So can you can you sew at all? Or did you just yeah. have your mum do it? Or No, like I can I can sew a straight line and I can if I've got the um the pattern, I can sew that all together, but I can't. I, my mom can literally look at like a piece of clothing or like I'll bring her a dress and she'll just be able to copy it or um, I'll show her a picture online and she'll be able to just make me that dress um, which I'm super, super grateful for but yeah I can sew but not in ways like I won't be able to just make a dress for you but I can if it's there I can sew it all together but I can't like do the whole making a pattern and whatnot so yeah. yeah. <laughs> your mum seems pretty handy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just make your dresses whenever. Um, and since you're a surfer, um, I've always been interested as well. Well, not always. It's kind of been like since I've been starting surfing. Mm. Um, I kind of want to just ask, because as a surfer, has that influenced your connection with the environment and like wanting to help protect mm. our oceans since you're always out there? Yeah, good question. Um, I definitely think that... 120 percent it has like you're out surfing um in a natural environment and it's the planet is giving you this beautiful wave to surf on um 
and in a way it's yeah it's definitely connected surfing and the environment like just go intertwine like if you didn't have a happy healthy environment out there you're not going to get this beautiful wave um so yeah there's there's been a few days oh, a lot of days actually in the summer out in Mount Monganui we were surfing and you're like surfing a beautiful wave and you look underneath and it's so clear and you're like this is like incredible <laughs> um and yeah I guess we're super lucky over in New Zealand to have such clear waters on a hot sunny day um but yeah I've been I've been over I used to live in Indonesia for a bit and I've surfed oh, wow. surfed over there and um it's completely different unfortunately and yeah you're surfing with plastic and you touch the ground and you've got a plastic bag wrapped around you so I guess that really opened my eyes um being out in this water and surfing with plastic and then you come back here and I mean we're still not 100% great with our rubbish and everything but um being able to surf a wave and like having that thrill and that feeling of like I don't know catching a beautiful wave and just having the beautiful clear water beneath you is like a whole nother feeling mm. so yeah definitely does connect you and it makes you want to do something to make sure that the plastic is out of the ocean yeah 100 yeah, percent. yeah and I guess you so you do this upcycling thing with the bags now is there any other way that you try and implement having a sustainable lifestyle like personally mm. um at the moment after you've you know been to Indonesia and seeing how plastic like hugely impacts there and then you come back here and although we're probably not as bad as Indonesia we still have um yeah. you know as you said before like we're not that great and we still mm. have a rubbish problem and a consumption problem as well in New Zealand does that so yeah does that impact your own lifestyle as yeah. well yeah I definitely um I I'm not I'm not perfect and no one is and I'm still learning like everybody else but definitely as I get older I'm becoming more aware and I'm becoming more conscious of what I'm consuming and what I'm putting my money towards and yeah it's it is when I actually think about it when you ask these questions um creating billy bags and having this idea of upcycling has kind of made me more um more held accountable for what I'm doing in my personal life like I can't just be selling these upcycled billy bags and then getting takeaway coffee cup every day and you know so um I think that I am improving and I'm getting better with my um, decisions, but there, there's room for improvement like with everyone. But yeah, just reusing my coffee cups, watching what I spend my money on, how much plastic am I buying? What am I reusing, reducing, re recycling? So yeah. Yeah, and that's quite interesting in a sense as well, because we had, um... It was a brand manager for a gym brand, a sustainable gym brand mm -hmm. in the UK, Tala. So she was on as a guest talking about the brand. And I asked her, have you always been sustainably conscious or is this kind of more of a recent thing? And she said it's because she got involved as a brand manager with a mm. sustainable business. Had she become a lot more conscious about the environment? Yeah. And she's, and I guess once you start running a business or just helping out with a business that's sustainable, it kind of it influences you to try and be better as well, which I think is really great. Um, yeah, yeah. That it's, yeah. it's like a transformative way for people and how they want to start living their lifestyles after they mm. start creating this thing. 
So I think that that's really awesome that that's happened for you. And yes, I agree as well. Everyone, there's always space for improvement. Definitely. Like I'm not perfect either. And especially like recently as well, now that I'm like a student and I'm self-catering myself, it's Mm -hmm. not always an option to, you know, go to a zero waste place and buy everything in bulk. Sometimes you just have to go for like the $1 thing in a plastic bag because that's like what your budget is. Um, Yeah. So of course I feel guilty half the time as well, but mainly, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's still something that I try and be conscious about when I can be. Yeah. And I think that's the most important message that anybody can take away from. Yeah. And I think, I think you guys creating this podcast, you're like reaching, I don't know if you know your numbers of who you're reaching and whatever, but I've, I've learned so much through listening to a few of your podcasts and, you know, people listening to this right now have already taken a step to like, I don't know, trying to, trying to do better with what they do in their daily practice. So yeah, I think you guys need to definitely keep doing what you're doing because I love it. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> well, he's hoping that's influencing a lot of people, but it's good to know yeah. that it's influenced you. And <laughs> um, yeah. My next question for you was, um, so with every bag that is sold at Billy Bags, you donate yeah. $5 to Sheldrick Trust. And I think it'd be really cool just to know what is Sheldrick Trust and why did you choose to donate to them? Yeah, cool. Um, so the Sheldrick Trust... Um, as a not-for-profit organization and it was um, founded by a lady called Daphne Sheldrick and she um, started it in 1977 because her um, her husband passed away and his name was David Sheldrick so the yeah Sheldrick Trust is named after David and he um, was a very influential man in the wildlife in Africa and in particular Kenya who I think he was the um main warden for the largest national park in Kenya so he had a lot to do with the poaching that was going on back back then and um I think yeah yeah that's that's why it was founded he passed away at a very young age 57 I think and he um had well, yeah from a heart attack and I think his his wife wanted to create something to carry on his legacy because he'd done so much beforehand for um the animals in Africa so yeah she created this in 1977 and they just started with two little elephants um two little orphan elephants that their their mums I think had been poached um and so they would have passed away if um Daphne was Daphne and her daughter that started it actually and um yeah so they took on these two little elephants and then it kind of grew from there and they take in a lot of animals now but it's all it's it's majority elephants um and they orphan these little elephants and then they raise them for however long they need and they um rehabilitate them and they have yeah all of these yeah local kenyan people and also volunteers looking after them and then they put them back into the wild into this national park uh, once they're ready to go back out so yeah it's a it's a beautiful organization and I think that they're doing great things and they are doing great things. Um, They've been going for 43 years now um, and they've saved so many elephants and so many rhinos Um, and without them, who knows where, like if we'd, we would definitely wouldn't have nearly as many elephants as we do um, at the moment. So to go on from that, why did I choose to decide to, um, donate five dollars I it was kind of like a 
it's kind of like a no-brainer to be honest there were two sides of it so I have like a little food truck that I operate on the side um, and the guy that we get coffee from he gives us the coffee bags that I use for Billy bags um, so yeah we were just collecting them over like three or four years when we got our coffee delivered and we'd use them um, in for events and things and little little things but then when Billy bags came about I started purchasing more off of him um, and he donates to the Sheldrick Trust and he's like an avid um, yeah animal lover like I've never met anyone to love animals as much as he does and he, before COVID he was going to Kenya for uh, every year to help help with his trust so I guess I guess he influenced me a lot and his passion for animals was like it's super inspiring um, so because I was using the coffee bags that he gives us um, I decided that it would just be a no-brainer to also help donate to the Sheldrick Trust um, and also I'm quite connected to Africa because I was born and raised in Zimbabwe so oh, my wow. family's yeah my family's from there and I guess yeah growing up as a kid there you're super um we, you're close to all of these animals like we used to go on holiday and we'd be in the pool and these um, elephants would come drink out of our pool and I guess I'm quite disconnected now to Africa because we're so far away and even though I still have family over there it just yeah I guess it's nice to know that you're kind of helping um these animals in one way or another because yeah if, if those elephants yeah if they weren't being saved by a shelter trust I don't know if, where they'd be I mean it makes me sad to think that yeah you know like when I was a kid growing up we, we were so lucky to be surrounded by all these animals and think about the children now there's not nearly as many animals in Africa as what they were when I was you know five six seven eight years old so yeah I just I want to put money towards this organization because they're doing great things and yeah super connected to it and what we do is um it's 50 us a year to um adopt a little baby elephant so i'm collecting the money and then once we get um whatever it is in new zealand dollars just under a hundred dollars um we yeah we put that towards it and then we adopt a little elephant and then we get um, updates, emails about <laughs> how many doing it. Yeah. It's cool. And um, I don't know, it gives you more purpose, I guess. And yeah, I love it. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. Yeah. Especially yeah. like having that exposure um, from a young age to that type of conservation. Like, yeah. you know, that's so out of the world for so many people to have those experiences. I mean, I was really lucky in high school. Um, we did a trip to South Africa and that was my first time, you know, ever seeing like elephants and giraffes. And we saw a sleeping lion while on the safari in the sanctuary. Yeah. And that was the first time I've ever seen them like out in the wild, I guess you can call it wild because sanctuary counts. Yeah. Um, and not in this zoo. And it did make you want to do more to try and preserve this natural environment and them as well because as you know there's as you said like there's a lot of poaching going on mm. um and I'm sure that there's I don't know much about how Africa's doing in terms of deforestation and such but I'm mm -hmm. sure there's probably something going on along there that's taking away from their environment possibly yeah. um yeah so it's it's really awesome that you've been able to give back to mm -hmm 
this organization that you kind of have a connection with. Um, that's really awesome. And can, can anybody go ahead and donate to them and adopt an elephant and yeah. such? Yeah, yeah, literally anyone can. Um, it's all on their website and you can just even donate money. You don't have to um, adopt a little elephant. But yeah, I thought that was quite a cool thing to do. Um, and then hopefully, yeah, we'll be able to try and connect that to the customers and um, actually just thought about this then whilst we're talking, but they should really know that they've helped <laughs> raise a little elephant. So maybe I could like, I don't know, forward, forward a little the email onto them. That's a great idea actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, do it, do yeah. it totally. <laughs> Cause it is, yeah, I think it's a, a, a lot of money to be able to raise a little elephant, like the amount of milk that they need to. Yeah, yeah. gosh. Yeah, so. No, it's a really beautiful organization. Oh, I've, I've never heard of them before. So it's mm. great that you've raised this new awareness about this trust. And yeah, here's hoping that some people want to get involved somehow and start donating to them. I actually, at my old high school, um, I helped run the animal rights club at my school. Mm. And I'm sure it's still up and running. So I could probably get in touch with the teacher and be like, hey, there's this trust. And if you guys mm -hmm. want to do bake sales this year and donate towards them, then there's always an option and oh, adopt cool. an elephant or something. So <laughs> yeah, I think they'd probably be into that. Um, I'll see I'll see what I can do and get in yeah, touch no. with my teacher there. Um, yeah, and I guess uh, moving on, um, when it comes to Billy Bags, how yeah. do you see it growing in the future? Because it is quite new, but do you see yeah. it growing a lot bigger than what it is currently? Yeah, um, it is new. And I guess I, we, I never started it um, with the intentions of like making money or making a business or anything. I just wanted to carry on being creative on the sewing machine. Um, but in, yeah, in saying that, I think that it's, it's great how far we have come in the past two or three months since we've been um, yeah, showcasing our bags. And I would love to see it grow. Like all of a sudden, mum's got this like second job of um, like second income. And it's so cool to see her getting back on the sewing machine with an actual like purpose instead of like, I don't know, making me a dress when I want to dress and not getting paid for it. And not that money's everything, but it's cool to like see her actually having results from like yeah from sewing these things and um I would love to be able to yeah reach reach definitely Australia and um connect with like brands that align with what we do in terms of like maybe I don't know getting involved with a shaper would be super super awesome um yeah. and being able to sell our bags through like a different source maybe um I don't know even in shops would be super cool we'd just have to like figure out the whole custom order thing but I mean that's not an issue and then also like we've even I've had a few um people like I've got a friend who's a kayaker and he was like they have bags and he's like you should make us kayaking bags I don't know how that would work but like kind of branching out into other sort of bags mm. and like yeah whole lot of reusable bags <laughs> maybe but yeah, I wanted to grow because I'm, I'm loving it at the moment. I'm loving working with mum and I'm loving seeing people happy with what we have created for them. So yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, me and all my friends are really impressed. Um, the girls who <laughs> also host this podcast, we think what you guys are doing is awesome. Yeah. And it's great that you have so many ideas on how you want to expand and like making um, 
you know, different types of bags for kayaks or partnering with different surf businesses. Um, Cause I'm sure that they'd, they'd love to get involved. Um, mm. It's such like a unique idea. And I think, yeah, as I said before, there's, I don't think I've ever come across like a board bag shop like this in New Zealand. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, all good. Um, and just, I have a couple more questions I want to ask you. Um, so, uh, one of it is a well. One of my questions is around shark sightings. So yeah. I wanted to get your thoughts on you know there's more shark sightings in New Zealand currently, mm. and as a surfer and environmentalist, does that like excite you or frighten you? Like, what are your thoughts when it comes to the whole shark deal? Um, it's interesting. It's like yeah, I don't think that as a surfer, it doesn't it doesn't really frighten me. Um, I think that like as part, it's strange, like why have we, we've got such a huge fear. It's like part of our evolution, this fear of sharks and like everyone's, even though the shark attack that has happened recently in New Zealand is like horrific, um, sharks aren't out there to get us. They were not their prey. Um, and I think that as being a surfer, you're immersed in the water and you, you know that there are sharks beneath you and around you. And I guess that, I think, yeah, I, I don't think it makes me more frightened, um, but it is it is interesting. Like why are there, especially this summer, why, why are there more, why, are, why is there more media covering it? Is there, is there more media or are there more sharks or are there more humans um, seeing sharks? Um, so like, yeah, I've, I was talking with my friends the other day and apparently, apparently this summer there hasn't been much swell um well no, there hasn't been much swell and the water has been super clear um so that has been i think one of the reasons why there are more shark sightings but also like the media coverage on it i think has just been like a whole a lot a lot more like are there more people with drones out there and so now we can video them on the beaches um but yeah, as an environmentalist, I think sharks, um, I, don't, I don't really know much about this topic, but I'm pretty sure sharks are sw more seen and or want to be around warmer waters. So um, I guess that's got to do with a bit of global warming maybe. <laughs> if, yeah, if the waters are getting warmer and um, I guess, yeah, if, if that answers your question. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it does. And I think, yeah, I just wanted to ask you that question because I pretty much wanted to get some reassurance on that type of response that you just gave. Mm -hmm. um, because there's been a lot of like really like awful comments on these shark articles in the media lately. Yeah. Like I saw a comment on News Hub or something where somebody's like, oh, we should go back to shark finning so we don't see as many sharks. And it's just, mm -hmm. it's terrifying that some people have those mindsets because sharks are, you know, currently endangered. Yeah. Um, I think it's something like, I don't want to say I'm correct on this, but I think some like half the species at the moment are endangered um, mm. when it comes to shark species, yeah. which is really terrifying because they're essential as a part of our marine environment. Mm. So it's, it's kind of disheartening when somebody's like, oh, we should just go back to shark finning so we I don't know. see as, as many. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, I, I think if I was in the ocean, you know, I think it'd kind of like excite me to see a shark, but also at the same time, like you'd probably be a bit frightened as well because you're like, yeah. oh shit, <laughs> there's yeah. something right there. Um, I, um, 
I was in Australia, living in Australia last year, and I saw I saw a couple of sharks. But when you've got so many people around you, and you know that like they are underneath you, you've just you've just seen one. Um, it's super chill. But I I know that if I was by myself in in, a, in the water and I saw a shark, I'd definitely get out. Um, and yeah, I guess that's just the fear that everyone has with these like yeah these animals. But um, I think as shark finning like definitely not <laughs> and I think the legislation that was brought out to ban it all has really helped with them um, reproducing so yeah I mean we're stepping into their environment that's their you know that their home and they're just really doing what we're doing on the beach like we're having a little walk around and they're just chilling <laughs> yeah cruising and they're not wanting to get us mm. um, I think there was a in Papamoa just from down where I live someone was attacked but I think he just dove into it I hope that's right you never want to say the wrong thing but I think he just dove into it and he, he's right but yeah they're not out there to get us just yeah yeah I think I've heard that sharks don't even like human <laughs> if that no, they don't, makes yeah. Sense. yeah so it's kind enough. of Although, you know, it's, it's scary when some people hear about, well, when you hear about sharks um, attacking people and such. But the thing is, is that it's so uncommon that it really mm -hmm. shouldn't be something that we're afraid of. And the only yeah. reason why it's kind of blown up in our face that, oh, sharks attack is because, as you said, media like just loves covering that type of stuff. So yeah. as soon as something like that happens, it just like blows up everywhere. Yeah. And more people are like, oh, I sure I saw a shark the other day and oh, blah, blah, blah. And it just kind of yeah. carries on. And that's, I, that's what I think is kind of like reigning the sphere inside of people when it comes to sharks. But yeah. I think they're really magnificent creatures and I think so too. yeah and I just really hope that more people start having this mindset like as you said like we're going into their homes like we need to respect them mm. type of vibe yeah cool well that was yeah I just wanted to get your opinion on that as a surfer and environmentalist yeah. to see what you thought um and my last question for you was that if you could tell our viewers one way on how to be more environmentally friendly towards our oceans um mm. what would you tell them um, I think I think one of the main things is just trying to be more conscious, more conscious of what you're purchasing. Where is that coming from? You guys have covered a lot on um, microplastics and microfibers from our clothing, and like that's a huge issue at the moment. Um, what is your clothing made out of? How long is it going to last you? Should you be putting your money towards something else um yeah just just really thinking and being more conscious 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 mm. just about what what you're buying and what you're using and what you're reusing what you're chucking out um are you recycling yeah I suppose it's just little steps and um I guess momentum once you start doing it you start feeling better about yourself what you're doing and yeah I suppose that would be one one thing totally no that's that's yeah. definitely some good advice and yeah I think when it comes down to down to it just trying to be more conscious about what you're buying is usually yeah. usually the best way to go yeah um so yeah here's here's hoping that people will start taking that on a bit more and if you already are then you're doing great yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's always a start because um I remember like seeing this quote like you don't have to be 100% zero waste well we don't need one person to be 100% zero waste we just need like a 
a lot of people to be like imperfectly zero waste yeah make change I think yeah, yeah I, I was I was actually driving behind someone the other day and they were literally like chucking their rubbish out of the window <laughs> oh my god and yeah you I don't know it's just there's a lot of people doing great things but then it's just like what the heck is the point of that like there's just so yeah. like I'll, there's yeah there's I don't know I, I, I just, went straight up behind them and was like what are you doing <laughs> yeah I just yeah. I just don't understand how people think that's okay <laughs> just to like throw your rubbish you know littering to me it's such like a common thing but it's so it's like how how does somebody think that's okay to do to just check your plastic litter around whenever it's just like it's just like a hazardous thing towards yeah. people in our environment it's why yeah. would you do that so I don't know maybe I guess when you're in primary school, you know, littering has always been bad, but maybe like there needs to be something more around, you know, littering and it, like it's long lasting effects. Yeah. Um, I think should be ingrained from like a primary school level. Cause that's kind of like when the littering habits really starts when you're like this little kid and you just throw your rubbish around cause you can't be bothered trying to find a rubbish bin. It yeah. sometimes sticks with people as they grow up. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you don't, I think sometimes we never really covered like those long lasting effects. Like, oh, this is what happens when you check your rubbish and this is what it impacts in the, in the yeah. future. So I definitely think there should be some more education around that. And hopefully some mindsets will change um, as people grow up. Yeah. So I that think we don't see people do that. <laughs> yeah, you're bang on. Those are some beautiful points. But yeah, education is like a massive thing. And I think the new generation coming through, hopefully, and you can really see it that they're wanting to do more than what has happened in the past. Yeah, totally, yeah. totally. So it's it's uplifting, I think. Yeah. And I agree. Yeah, the next generation, well, my generation as well, is kind of a bit more awakened. I guess because we're the ones who are going to see like the long lasting effects of climate change and so yeah. on. So trying to be more environmentally conscious is something that I think is a lot more people are starting to hop on. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, how old are you? 18. Yes, I'm 18. Yeah, quite young. I'm nearly 10 years older than you. And look like oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I'm nearly, I think I'm nearly, yeah, I'm nearly 28. So, um, wow. Like, you're so young and you're already, like, you've made this podcast and you've been doing these things at school. So, obviously, compared to like my school, when I was at school, I didn't think we had all these initiatives and like what we weren't really prompted to do things like what you've been doing. So, it's super cool to see. And I think that there is change and I think that people are wanting to do better um and yeah it's cool it's cool to see awesome well thank you so much for that I really appreciate that and yeah it's good that the older generation you know that you know 28 isn't that old but like the millennial generation you can look at yeah. like the gen z generation it's like oh yeah you guys are doing relatively well mostly yeah. Um, yeah, but that was all my questions I had for you. And I learned so much about Billy Bag through talking to you. And I really, really appreciate um, your time to talk to me about it. And oh, yeah, I'm really hoping that um, we have some Australian and New Zealand surfers who will listen to this podcast <laughs> and hop on board for the Billy Bag extravaganza. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> well, so, thank you for having me, Maha. It was that's beautiful. That's all good. That's <laughs> good. No, it, it was super exciting. I was really looking forward to this episode oh, and good. talking to you about it. So, yeah, that, that's pretty much all I, all I had planned. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to the Green Style Podcast. Would love for you to chuck us a follow on Insta so you can be a part of an informed conversation about changing not only the fast fashion industry but consumer culture itself. Any links or notes will be included in the show notes for you to check out.
Stay well and stay green, friends. We'll be here next time. See you soon. Bye.